Hey beautiful, you are listening to More Than a Crown where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. Hi guys, guess who we have today? <laughs> I'm back. It's Connor. It's my fiance, my future hubby. And we are currently in Arizona for wedding planning. We are a couple months out from the wedding and we had to come down. Our moms are here with us, which has been fun. They've gotten to hang out and enjoy each other's company, which is neat since we're long distance. And we have had tons of appointments to finalize wedding festivities. So going backwards, babe, would you like to tell our listeners that don't know a little bit about when we got engaged and the timeline that we wanted for our engagement? Yeah. So back in December of 2018, we were in Bangkok, Thailand for the Miss Universe pageant. Sarah Rose had given me one rule after Miss USA, and that was, hey, let's wait till after Miss Universe to get engaged. And so I said, great. I we'll wait till right after. And that's what I did. So while in Bangkok, the Miss Universe pageant was at 7 a.m. due to the time difference. So it could air live in the U.S. at 7 p.m. And so that evening we fake planned a celebratory dinner with everybody that had flown out to Bangkok. And it was not a celebratory dinner. Well, I guess it, it, was. Was, it was a celebratory dinner, but not just for the Miss Universe pageant, but also our engagement. And so we got engaged on a terrace in Bangkok overlooking the city and the river and it was beautiful and so that was our engagement. And then the timeline we had to discuss was Connor knew throughout our dating period that I ideally wanted a year-long engagement. Connor on the other hand wanted about a six to eight month engagement and because he proposed in December I've never desired a winter wedding. I don't love the cold. I don't desire to get married in it. And I like happy colors. So just lots of reasons. And the only way that I could get married a year later from our engagement was if we had a destination, which was not an option for Connor at all. It was something that I was super pro destination wedding out of the country, very small. My parents wanted that. My parents actually said, here's your budget, you can take it or we can give you a down payment on a house and we can pay for you and Connor to go to Italy and get married and none of us have to be there. Or you can use this money for a wedding that suits your fancy. And I was pro getting married a year later somewhere far away that was warm. But Connor, on the other hand, was not because he comes from a big Italian family. And I'll let you tell them a little bit about that. Yeah, that would have just been really tough. Uh, You envision certain people being there and uh, like Sarah Rose said, I have a huge family around the holidays. We all get together. It's typically housefuls of 20 plus people. And it was just very hard to imagine some of those people not being there if we did something like that. And so I wanted to do something at least where some, certain people could be there. And so we settled on Arizona. Right. And originally we had to, after deciding that we were not going to do a destination wedding, we had to discuss our initial guest list because before you can even look for venues, you have to know about what number you're going to have so that you can know it fits. And 
Boy, was that a process. That was a process too. (laughs) I mean, like he already mentioned, he has a big family. But for me, if I'm going to get married in the U.S., it's probably going to be big because my circle has expanded so much after being Miss USA. And for Connor, his circle is always large. And we sat down and he made his initial guest list by himself and I made mine. And then we compared and that was hilarious. We were actually here in Arizona when we did that the first time. And you're right. It was hysterical. The day that Connor asked for permission to marry me, this was over a year ago. February of 2018. Yes. This was before I won Miss USA. We made our list and his, you guys, I laughed so hard. He had, and this is slightly dramatic, but also not really. He had like his t-ball coach, his high school coaching, their whole family. And he just loves people. And he wanted essentially anyone that had touched his life and shaped him to who he is to be there, which is so sweet, right? But also budget, 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 budget. And I think during my year as Miss USA, I was so grateful to travel and interact with amazing people. But on my wedding day, I want people there that I know really well and that I'm going to be able to have a sweet, casual conversation with without with knowing you, you know, I don't need right. to meet anyone new at my wedding. <laughs> I just don't. And so looking at Connor's guest list, I was like, I don't know half these people and I'm going to have to make conversation with them at our wedding. And this is too many people. <laughs> so anywho. And I will say the, the, the more time that has gone on within this process, I have a very new understanding of why certain things need to be um, the way they are. And so I can appreciate a lot of the ideas and things that I didn't quite see early on in this right. wedding planning process. And so and so overall, my mom was really an advocate for if you've talked to the person in the last year and you'd pick up the phone and call them, sure, invite them. If not, they've got to, you've got to take them off the list. And then our lists were still really big because we're getting married domestically. He has a lot of friends and family. My circle, I said, has expanded as Miss USA. And so in order to kind of chunk a large number, we decided it's going to be an adult only wedding, except for the children that are in it, which was hard for Connor. He has family that he wanted there, but some little cousins and people understand. And that's just what we've had to do. And I think that that's going to be really good in the long run. So after we figured out the numbers, we had to really decide on which venues we were going to visit. And we mentioned earlier that we chose Arizona, but we really didn't explain why. So growing up, I never ever had the desire to get married in Nebraska. There was no specific church or place of land that I had dreamt of, but Connor, I think wanted Texas. Well, yeah, I always envisioned Texas because I really never thought I'd marry a girl that wasn't from Texas. And so that was Uh just a given. Um, But and your mom wanted Texas, of course, but yeah. when it came down to comparing Nebraska and Texas, I felt like we were picking a family. And because I never desired to get married in Nebraska, Texas was the option. And I knew that Connor's family is huge and mostly distributed between Houston and Dallas, but long-term we'll probably end up living in Dallas. And I just felt as though that was us picking his family. At least it may appear that way to mine. So we decided we needed to do a destination of sorts. We looked at Colorado, the mountains in Colorado, and we looked at mountains in Arizona because we love to hike together. But we decided Arizona because and we've been here a number of, of times. Weather. I said we've been here three or four times to visit, hike, spend time with family, 
and with your family. And so it made sense of October, the weather, the mountains. Right. It was, it met. We didn't want a snowstorm to prohibit anyone from oh, making boy. our wedding in the mountains of Colorado. So Arizona it is. And when I was in the Miss Universe owned apartment sitting by myself on my computer for a whole day, I don't think I left one time, I conspired and had a million tabs open of all the possible venues between Sedona, Tucson, and the Phoenix area. I sent about 15 to Connor. I had him make his top five list and I made mine and then we compared them. And they were eerily similar and that was hilarious, but also awesome. um, thankful for. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were in agreement on most of our top five. And so that was great. We had four of the five that were the same in a little different order, but both of us had the same one first, which was really funny. And then I was really discouraged. Yeah, you picked up the phone and began to call and obviously started with the one that was number one on both of our list. And this was your first phone call to one of these venues and quickly realized that... They didn't have a date until summer of 2020. And I was making these phone calls in February of 19 and we wanted to get married this fall. So I was super upset, like... Just, I mean, and it's not like I was only calling for Saturdays, you guys. I was willing to compromise because it's a destination wedding. I figured people are going to have to take off work anyway. So we asked for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and they didn't have anything available. So I had to get over it and keep calling. We ended up being able to visit 10 venues. We decided Sedona was too far because people were already going to have to fly to Phoenix. And so we didn't need them to have to drive two and a half hours to Sedona. So my mom and I came down to Arizona. We made a couple days out of it. I had to ask off of being Miss USA for a week to plan my future. And we came down, we visited beautiful venues and then some that also just really didn't live up to what I had seen online. But that's why you have to tour them in person. So it was funny. I was really looking for all the details. So for example, one venue that was definitely in our budget, the team there was super sweet. There were all the chairs at the reception were like different shades of brown and some of them were really scratched up. There were like dents in the floor that just looked bad. There were chandeliers that half of them were kind of broken. Um, The views outside of the mountains were gorgeous. And then Connor, he really cared about he wanted to see where the ceremony and the reception were going to be, but I was it was funny to me to find out that he was really excited to figure out where the guys would be hanging out. And that was yeah, that was really the I've been in a few weddings at this point and it was always cool to go up to a groom suite or whatever wherever we were getting ready and have a pool table or TVs or a balcony area to just hang out and so that was a priority of mine and it's kind of funny what we landed on but yeah going through these venue venue Sarah Rose is FaceTiming me and we're walking through it I'm like okay so where where do we get ready yeah <laughs> and so in this specific venue that I was discussing about it was gorgeous online beautiful views but as far as the little details it wasn't living up to expectations it was Connor's favorite get ready pad because they had a pool table they had a mini bar they had a balcony outside where guys could smoke cigars they had multiple tvs it was just ridiculous it was huge it was awesome and it was i mean whatever you could ask for (laughs) as far as a bachelor pad but we ended up x-naying that because it just didn't fulfill right and the the landscaping was not very oh yeah the landscaping was, was bad we joked that mike summers my dad who enjoys working in the lawn to relieve stress he like does that for fun would have to go over there and do all the landscaping before a big day. So 
we were we joked about it, but also he probably would have. So we got rid of that. We got rid of the ones in Tucson because after my mom and I took the little road trip day down there and visited some, they were beautiful properties, but we decided, you know, it's just not right to have people have to fly to Arizona and then drive over an hour to get to where they needed to be. It's just price, right? It all adds up. We visited one that was double our budget for just the venue, which I mean, wow, they treated us like a princess. Like they greeted mom and I, multiple venues did greeted us with mimosas, super sweet. But this one, I remember, I could just feel that they wanted us there. And even though it was out of our budget, that's why it remained in my top options for a long time until they kind of had to whack me upside the head and say, no, no, no. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because when you're going through these venues and you're starting to reach out, you're getting emails back. They've there's the pricing on them is not exactly clear on a lot of them, and so there's, <laughs> because a lot of these destination menus are all inclusive, so you have to think right. about alcohol, food, yeah. And so, so really, the only way to figure out exactly how much you might be spending is to go visit and take a tour, and then here's the breakdown and what's mm-hmm. the total. And so you learned that, but yeah. Um, so some of them were out of our budget. Some of them did not live up to expectations as far as what they looked like. And then we ended up choosing ours because the location is pretty secluded. It's out of town. It's more private, which I really appreciated. It's a gated area and the team was super sweet, but the views are exactly what we want. We get to have an outdoor ceremony and indoor reception without the crazy carpet. <laughs> oh, that was so another thing. Any some of the venues. brides that have already got married in some sort of ballroom, you probably know what I'm talking about. But I weirdly decided that I cared about the carpet because hotel <laughs> carpet is obnoxious. These ugly patterns with all these colors. I didn't need that on my wedding day. So the place we chose is beautiful carpet. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a brand new carpet. Brand new carpet. It's gold and silver and gray and it's neutral and it's super nice and it's not obnoxious and distracting. Little things, guys, are a deal breaker. So we chose our location and then after that we had to pick our wedding party. And that was a process in itself. You began thinking, hey, I would be totally fine with five and I was growing up. I never wanted big. I wanted really small. Mm-hmm. And I have a number of really close guy friends. Plus, I've got two brothers, and Sarah's brother and I have gotten close. And so those were three for sure that were going to be in the wedding. And then it just left a little bit less room for friends. But you can kind of explain your your process. And Connor was super easygoing. I mean, he was not okay with having six. And his number was like, I need at least eight. And so I said, okay, fine. So I sat down and I had five that were just a done deal. I need them there forever until I'm 90. And then after that, it was so hard. I cried a lot. I sought a lot of wisdom. I even talked to some of the girls that I was considering having in it <laughs> about how they'd feel. And because you get to a point where it's where do you draw the line? Because mm-hmm. you get past five and you're like, man, there's and 10 I had other been Miss USA. So cool. I had yeah. made friends at Miss USA. I'd made friends in New York. I'd made friends at Miss Universe, and I was just getting off of all of that. So it was super hard. I thought I picked nine, and then I realized, oh my gosh, I can't leave out these people. And so now I have 12, which is a lot. I hope I don't regret it. So stay tuned. I'll let you know. (laughs) But um, Connor was really flexible. You know, I said nine. He invited nine. I said 12. 
he invited 12. <laughs> and it, it was, it's one of those things too, where it's a good problem to have. Like we're not complaining about having just an abundant amount of people that love us and just have lavished us with love throughout this process. And, totally. Um, I mean, it's, been incredible. So we're not complaining by any means. It was just, there were some decisions that had to be made and they were definitely tough. Decisions. It was hard. It was a, it was a grateful, hard decision. And Connor's been on baseball teams his entire life. And for me, I've just been surrounded by so many kick butt supportive women in the pageant world. And so it was difficult, but I ordered my bridesmaid proposals from wedding favorites and I sent my bridesmaids their little bridesmaid proposal boxes because clearly I didn't live in the same city as many of them. And that was really cool. Meanwhile, Connor called his. It's much easier for the guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, I did not do any any crazy gifts. I just gave him a phone call and let him know, <laughs> hey, would be honored if you'd be able to stand up there with me and um, so yeah, I was proud of him that he didn't just text him though. I think that's an easy cop out for some people, <laughs> but, um, then we had to decide our final invite list in order to tell our invitation lady. And so we had to even sit down and discuss further with each other, with our parents. That was interesting. It, it is. And it's again, tough. And we kind of touched on it earlier. It's it's a challenge and there's just lines you got to draw and um, st- still it, it is a challenge. What would you say the your best kind of advice in that process would be? I'm definitely pro adults only. Obviously we kind of touched on that. And then I know sometimes when it comes to obviously family and then friends of the bride and groom, but then you have your parents, friends and like family friends And I'm all for having your parents make their own list and then kind of list it A, B, C, you know, this is a non-negotiable, these we'd love to have if you have space. And we had to reconvene multiple times. I said, Connor, your list is too long. I can't invite all these people. It's more, it's way more than I have. And that's just not fair for budget. It's, I mean, there's lots of reasons. Unfortunately, it's a blessing to have these problems, but it's a problem. And during my year as Miss USA, I went to so many massive gatherings, like my homecoming in Nebraska. I knew everyone there, which I was super grateful for. My my elementary school teachers came out. My high school friends that I hadn't seen came out. But it, one of my welcome galas, I think it was about 350 people. And I had an absolute blast, except for the time that I felt like there was a ridiculous line waiting to greet me and take a photo with me. That was anxiety filled. That was not fun. I was stressed. I didn't get to have any good quality conversations with people. And I remember my brother was like, Sarah, hurry up. This line is ridiculous. People have been waiting an hour. And I just knew that I didn't want that at my wedding. And so we just had to keep thinking about what's it about. And we want to have an enjoyable time. And one of the things I think that helped me was when we got to talking with the venue and the menu and the price of food and numbers and it's like except that was too late that was too late honestly uh too late for what to well we've already invited people no 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 no. but we knew we had an idea of what uh, we had some estimates of what food was going to cost through the brochure and whatnot and so that kind of puts some things into perspective as far as okay numbers we do really need to cut this a little bit so and now we're wishing we had cut it more well (laughs) i mean If it were easy, then this podcast wouldn't be happening, but it's just not. (laughs) 
So another little detail we had to figure out is who's going to marry us. And it was about two years ago, I think, that I gave Connor an idea I had. And I was shocked that you kind of brought this up. This was well before we were engaged. And um, my my dad is an ordained minister and uh, he's married some people in the past, but I never thought he would marry me. Uh, but Sarah brought that up about two years ago. And I my initial reaction was like, well, I don't know. I think I might just want my dad to be my dad at the wedding. And as time went on, Sarah brought it up again after we got engaged. And the more that I thought about it, the more I realized how special it would be to have my dad marry us and to be in the picture. And um, that was special. And so that's what we landed on. And then and he talked to my parents about it. Mm-hmm, I did call Mike and, oh no, we, we were, in, I was in Omaha and talked to Mike and Dee and um, they were both on board and very excited for us. And then just made sure they were comfortable about it because I think the ceremony is such a big deal for the, the father of the bride and the bride and that mother of the bride as well of kind of figuratively giving their bride away, which is totally not true. Still a daddy's mommy's girl for life. Um, but just, I really appreciated that Connor spoke to them and made sure that they were comfortable with that and that they didn't feel like it would take up, take away any of their light. Mm-hmm. And then we brought it to my parents and mm-hmm. uh, cause we hadn't said anything yet. And, uh, that was, your dad was super flattered. Mm-hmm. Very And your mom and- was kind of like you. She didn't originally know how she felt about it. Because she's my dad's traveled a ton throughout his career and work life. And so there's been a lot of times where my mom has had us by herself. And on the wedding day, she always envisioned my dad sitting right next to her and holding her hand. Mm-hmm. And so that was something she wanted to think through and pray through. And but ultimately, she's going to sit next to her mom and me, mom, and granddad. Yeah. So, yeah. So other decisions we had to make were ultimately going back to budget. We, My family is a huge live band family. For example, the band that my did my brother and my sister-in-law's wedding, like my parents follow them around when they travel in Omaha and perform at, in public events. They're my, awesome. They're so fun. It's Eddie and his team and they're a blast. They work a crowd. They interact with you. They're really good vocalists and performers they're just a blast they've done like all of my brother's friends weddings they performed at that gala i mentioned for my nebraska homecoming after i won miss usa they're a blast but because we're getting married in arizona and we don't know specific bands like that it was difficult and connor i remember i kind of delegated band hunting to him and he was pretty surprised by like a lot of the quotes that were coming in oh man they were crazy hot because i I knew what Eddie and the team in Omaha was and how good they were. And I was getting these quotes in Arizona for like eight to $10,000 for a band. And Which we expected. I mean, you'd expect a live band to be more than say a DJ. But when it came down to the fact that sure, they're good online, but we weren't going to be able to see them in person interacting with guests and what have you. So we had to make the decision, which was against my dad's wishes because my dad loves live bands. He's so cute um, that we needed to do a DJ because it was, what, it was a just tenth a, of the cost. Right. Well, not quite a tenth, maybe a, a, an eighth. A, a, it was a fraction of the cost. For yeah. Sure. And there was just a lot of risk associated with the live band, whereas not to knock any DJs by any means, but 
it is somewhat easier to be a really good DJ as opposed to being right. a great live band at right. a wedding. And they so don't have to sing. <laughs> we went the safer and More, cheaper route right. and did a DJ, but we're very excited about the yeah, DJ we hired. Really so. excited about him. Um, and then we had another little dilemma. Not, a, I don't think the DJ was a dilemma. So no, I should. The DJ was, was not a dilemma. That was pretty. Of yeah, we sorting through. Yeah, making a decision. But evaluated the cake, our options. Cake was the a cake dilemma. was a dilemma because <laughs> Sarah Rose here. I love sweets. I have a huge sweet tooth, but cake, like regular wedding cake, is not in my top ten favorite sweets. So to me, a thousand dollar cake was ridiculous and just not even in the question but connor and my mom definitely wanted to and i think your mom too i think our moms talked about it right. wanted a cake it's right? tradition and mm-hmm. uh, and part of your reasoning which was a very good reason not to have a cake was we're doing it in arizona so it's not like we're going to transport what we don't eat to new york right so, so anyway just really did not feel the necess- necessary to have a beautiful massive cake but my mom wanted one connor wanted one so we're compromising and we're doing a gorgeous two-tiered cake for cake cutting tradition purposes and then it will be served to our immediate family and my mom of course wants a cake that's going to be massive and gorgeous but served to everyone at the wedding and that's just not feasible or I think I don't even find it necessary. We're going to have other desserts at the wedding. So we're excited. We're working with a Silver Rose Bakery and it's a super sweet couple out of their home here in Arizona. Get it? Silver Rose and Sarah Rose and Connor thinks their last name's real cute. It's sweet, like S-W-E-E-T. So how perfect is that? Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Sweet are making our wedding cake. Yeah, they're real (laughs) cute. And they're going to throw in some cupcakes and cake pops too for the people that really desire to eat cake. But we're excited. And that was a little bit of a, I mean, that was really our only dilemma. I think I was frustrated. My mom was frustrated (laughs) all over a cake. So at the end of those conversations, you just have to keep perspective. (laughs) Absolutely. And then Connor, I know we talked about him liking the idea of having a cool bachelor type pad to get ready in for the wedding. But then he also cared kind of a lot about this other big component of the day. And I and I did not get a bachelor pad no, you with didn't. the venue. <laughs> so, um, but the, one of the other things that I did care about was the song that was played slash sl- sung as Sarah Rose walked down the aisle, I know that's kind of odd and it may be a little bit different for a guy to care about, but I've, I'd always envisioned this particular song. Um, whoever my future wife was, I'm obviously super glad it's you. <laughs> but, Thanks for that. But Thanks. The point is long, long before that I met Sarah, I'd always envisioned this song um, being played as my future wife was walking down the aisle. Which for me at first, I was like, wait, you picked the song without knowing me? You just picked it in general for whoever your bride was? That's real weird. But then I listened to it with him and I support his decision. So And so then it was, okay, who's going to sing this song? And that was the dilemma. Because we're not from here. So we found my mom, super sweet mom. She found this really talented guy, but Connor wasn't sure that he should do it because we didn't know that he'd be comfortable singing a Christian worship song. And then we were well, my whole point to in that a girl. Was, it, is, it is a worship song. And I didn't want just anybody singing it because I wanted somebody singing it singing it that really believed the lyrics yeah, and, and believed it was being sung and, and then felt comfortable. And so 
that was what I wanted to make sure of. And this, this guy that we found was super talented, amazing voice. And come to find out, he leads worship at his church here which in Arizona. Which we didn't know originally. Right. His website doesn't have like worship on it, which was, I completely understand where he comes from from that business standpoint. So we're excited and hopefully it'll be beautiful. <laughs> it will be. I have confidence. So. And then we also have been doing some premarital counseling, but you guys can head over to the More Than a Crown Instagram and comment on our most recent post if you want a specific podcast about our premarital counseling and what we're learning there and the direction we've decided to go and kind of also how we're doing it long distance. I get a lot of questions mm-hmm. about that. But as far as wedding planning goes, for the specific wedding day, I think the most eye-opening appointment we've had has been flowers so we're down here in arizona our full day we had marriage license flowers which i was just mind boggled and we had to leave with no answers and then we had our overall tasting and our cake tasting connor got sick at the end of the night because he ate so much and then i was just so confused by these flowers (laughs) because This this was kind of a cruel day for me because the marriage license was fun and it was quick because you made an appointment. So we got in and got out and that was fun. And then we went straight to floor flowers and I sat through our hour and a half, two hours of, and that's, it wasn't two hours. It felt like it. (laughs) um, That's something that uh, is important to Sarah Rose and the girls uh, as in our moms. And that was great. I wanted them to, it wasn't great though. It was awful. I, I don't know flower names. And so it was like I was walking into this room where I was going to be asked to make decisions on stuff that I didn't even understand. And I was super overwhelmed. I almost cried. I had to speak up and say, I'm overwhelmed. I need to physically see these flowers because listening to you talk about them and flipping back and forth between pictures is just not helpful for me. I have no idea what's going on. And then we went back the next day for our second floral appointment, which is when we started talking numbers after I had a grasp of kind of what I wanted. And I've always been really open to greenery. I knew I wanted greenery and I knew ahead that that would cut down budget. I know flowers are expensive and it's sickening to me to think about spending a lot of money on flowers and not living here because at home, when you get married, you can send the floral arrangements from the reception home with your family and they get to appreciate it for the week or whatever that they live. And since we're not living here, that wasn't an option. And I had talked to friends and one of my sweet friends, Susan, suggested that we donate them to an assisted living facility, which is close to my heart because of my grandpa. So I was totally in terms with that. But then when we heard the real numbers of these flowers, I was just like, mind boggled. And I cut it down by, we're going to reuse our bridesmaids bouquets because we have so many bridesmaids as some of the centerpieces for the reception. And I don't need rose petals on the ground of the ceremony where I'm walking because I'll just mess them up anyway. And I just had to come to terms with little things like that, but it's still really expensive. And I called Connor and I gave him the number and I, After I, didn't, I, didn't I had go, already made these, he didn't go back to the second appointment. Right. He didn't need to come back the second day to the second florist appointment. So I called him after our appointment, which that time it was two and a half hours. And I told him the number and I could feel it over the phone, how in shock and just like, I don't want to say disgusted, but just flabbergasted that you were about right. it. And he was not okay with spending that amount of money 
for it because at this point we're like nearing our tail end of our budget and now it's going to come out of my my savings account and he's not okay with that understandably so what was funny is I guess I should have called him with the original number and then told him the number after I had already made these decisions because I told him I said well my love this is already the number with like me Cuts cutting the, things. And I, I was just in shock. And I'm <laughs> it's probably is. good that I was not there at the appointment. Not that I would have said any or been disrespectful or anything, but it, it just, I would have been floored uh, even more so than I was. And, and it really is. And so now we're looking into some other options. Like flowers are beautiful and they're going to be in our pictures and our videos to last forever. But is it worth that amount of money for us, we haven't decided yet. And mm-hmm. so we're looking at other options. We're looking into other florists. We're looking into wholesale. We're looking into silk flowers that we can use that aren't real. They're less expensive, but I don't want them obviously to look fake. So lots of decisions and it comes down to that budget and kind of prioritizing what we want. Like we know we want that entertainment, but do we need the flowers? I don't know. And I guess we have some pieces overall of advice for you guys. After, you kind of you kind of just touched on it, but we didn't really. I did go touch into on it. So, the after flowers on the first day, we went straight to tastings. Yeah, and, we talked about that. Well, it was a ton of food, and you said that I got sick, but I the reason that I got sick was they were bringing out all this food, and it's just like sitting in front of Sarah, and she's asking all of these questions, great questions that needed to be asked, but no one was eating the food. I tasted the food. Like I had a bite of each thing because we had a lot of options, but Connor doesn't understand the concept of tasting. He just eats it all if it's sat in front of him. And so he was super sick. It got bad. And we had, so we had all the food tastings and it was so much food. And then immediately following had the cake tasting and you can't not try the cake. Yeah, he was a trooper, and, and it was delicious. Oh, it was great. We were, it was so good. So, the, I mean, I can't. I at the end of that day, I was overwhelmed by multiple things. But I told our cake people, I thanked them multiple times in person, and then I also emailed them after and thanked them because they just made that the easiest part of our day. They presented it in a clear, concise manner. Obviously, cake tasting is probably the most fun thing, anyway. But they just they were really good at what they did. And so the following day when I went and I gave Connor these numbers for flowers, I think that was the first time that he truly said, wow, we should have taken the down payment on the house. Oh, yeah. That that really put things into perspective as far as, wow, this is something that you just do for a wedding and we could have avoided <laughs> this altogether. AKA, but. we should have eloped. So so right now, our, <laughs> our current advice for you, as we're still trying to figure all this out, is maybe you should elope. If you just got engaged and you're the female and you're so you're pro-eloping like I was, but your fiance is not, have them listen to this. Or maybe they can message Connor on Instagram. Yes, I would be more than happy to <laughs> talk through. Save somebody from this experience. Yes, and not to downplay how important a wedding is and how special it is and what it's really about. And that's really what we've had to come back to. It's what we are having to come back to. It's reminding each other of the purpose of the day. (laughs) You can at least act excited. Um, But really, the, the purpose behind the wedding and 
what we really want it to be about and who it's about. I know it's, it's, it's us getting married, but it's a much bigger picture um, and how that plays into our faith and um, how we really want our relationship to be a picture of God's love. And this relationship of a marriage is one of the closest, most intimate ways that we can display that love. And so that's really what we've tried to come back to is yes, all these grand things are great. And like, we want the food to be great. We want the music to be awesome. We want, we need to have welcome bags for our guests that have traveled all the way here. And we need to have, so all of these details, (laughs) but it's really got to come back to, okay, what can we do to really display this love that, ultimately is the foundation of our relationship. Like are the monogrammed napkins that cost X amount of money really necessary for our guests to have a good time? Or are that, is that really resembling our love for the Lord and his love for us? No. So, (laughs) so there we are as of now, we still have a few months and lots of decisions left to make. So wish us luck. And if you guys are at the beginning of this journey, we are here to, hopefully guide you in any way that we can. And I hope you had some giggles throughout this podcast. (laughs) Um, I don't know that we necessarily gave you a lot of advice, but if you're curious where we are, that's where we are. And we'll have to do another one recapping after the wedding, of course. Absolutely. I hope this, because we really just wanted to give you an insight into what this process in a super candid, honest way. Oh yeah. Because it's, it's beautiful at times and it is depressing at times. It oh, is depressing is aggressive. Depressing when the numbers come <laughs> out and you're like, oh my Discouraging Lord. when your favorite venue isn't That's available. A That's a better word. Yeah. There's just been little things through through the process, but that's normal. That's just like any decisions in life. But we're excited and ultimately it'll be a big celebration and a big party of our love and our future lives together. And we wish you all the best if you're listening and dealing with this yourself or getting to deal with this yourself, I should say. It's a, it's a gift. Anyway, thank you guys so much for coming on. Again, if you want us to do a podcast specifically on our premarital counseling, head over to More Than a Crown on Instagram or Facebook and comment any of your questions. And if your fiance needs to talk to Connor to be swayed to elope, go ahead and send him a DM on Instagram. What's your Instagram name? Connor Five Combs, C-O-N-N-E-R. E-R. Yep, I'm one of those weirdos. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Wish us all the luck. We clearly need it. Bye.